this episode of 11 Point Collar has been brought to you by The Muppet Mindset and Weirdos Like You. It's 11 Point Collar, hosted by J.D. Frog Scout Hansel. Hello everyone, guess what? In just a couple weeks, it's going to be the fifth anniversary of The Muppet Mindset. Delighted cheering. That means in this episode you're getting a special treat. You're going to hear my conversation with Ryan Dozier. While generally I would use this time to talk about the housekeeping stuff, I'm going to push that to the end of the show because I know that what you really came to hear was me talking with Ryan Dozier. Well, okay, what you really, really came to hear was Ryan Dozier. So let's jump right into my discussion with him right now. So here we are with the founder of The Muppet Mindset, Ryan Dozier. Hello, you said my name right. I'm very impressed. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, I've heard it said right a few times uh, when I was listening to the Muppet cast because you were on that show a few times. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. So speaking of the Muppet cast, uh, one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about as the founder of a Muppet fan site is the Muppet fan community. Sure. And I know that sites like um, the Muppet cast and the Muppet mindset really got me into the Muppet fan community. And so I was wondering, when did you first become aware of the, these Muppet fans that were out there making things and websites and things like that? Well, let's see. I first became interested in the Muppets again after, you know, watching Sesame Street and everything as a kid. I first became re-aware of them in 2004 hmm. when I was 14 and... I found a Gonzo Palisades action figure, and I bought it, and then I saw in the back to visit palisadestoys.com, and I got involved in the forum there, and that's where I met a few Muppet fans, and that's where I found out about Muppet Central. Yeah. I became heavily involved in the forum there. I was mm -hmm. the, the prawn cracker, all one word. Oh. Yeah, I became heavily involved there, and that's when I discovered that there were people out there revolving around the Muppets, you know. I never realized that they weren't quite the ancient franchise that I always figured they were, because there were still people out there making incredible fan art and writing fan fiction and mm -hmm. just posting about them every single day. And I thought that was incredible, and I wanted to be a part of it because... How how often do you get to talk to knowledgeable and entertaining and just really good people about stuff you love? Yeah. May I ask which Gonzo figure it was? Because Palisades had a bunch of them. Was it the really <laughs> it, big one? No, it was the uh, the Series 5, the one in the purple suit. Nice. With, with Camilla. I will never forget where I found it. And it was like turning on a light. And I, I don't really know why I bought it, but there it was. That's That's great. So then what made you decide to create the Muppet Mindset? How did that come about? Well, for, I had been on Muppet Central for about five years at that point, and I noticed that around the Muppet fan community online, there was never really a place where Muppet fans could submit writing that would be read by anyone. Yeah. Like, people wrote on the forums on Muppet Central and Tough Pigs, but they never wrote articles. They never wrote opinions and they never wrote 
like they would write their opinions, but they weren't long and thought out. They were just posts. Yeah. And so I wanted to give Muppet fans an outlet where they could write about whatever they wanted to talk about about the Muppets and put it on a stage for them for many people to see. I never thought it would get as big as it got, <laughs> but uh, that was the idea is just let's showcase what these people are talking about because I think it's important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, one of the first times that I contributed to the Muppet mindset, I was really, really surprised because I was very young at the time. I had just written a little article about, uh, what was it? Extinction, which was a thing that the Philadelphia Zoo had been doing with Jim Henson Company puppets. Oh, right. It was a program called Extinction. And was that Noel McNeil? Yes, Noel McNeil uh, had trained the puppeteers there. And I think I mentioned him in that article, and then he commented on it, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> Muppeteers actually read this. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the first time I found out that people actually, the people that make the stuff I love actually read about the stuff we were writing about, I was blown away. Yeah. But then it became the idea that Muppet fans could write stuff that the people that matter would see and read. Right. And that became really important to me. And that definitely changed what I wrote about and how I wrote about it. Yeah, yeah. You'd have you'd kind of have to be a little bit more careful because um, you don't know who's going to see this. It could be anyone. But, you know, at the same time, that's just something so, so cool. And I remember when I was talking with uh, Peter Linz a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. uh, and I also had him as a guest on the podcast, and he was talking about how much he loved the Muppet fan sites, and he said that if he ever needed to know if he had any work coming up, then he could just check the Muppet fan sites because <laughs> they would know what Muppet productions were coming up before the Muppeteers would. I The first time I ever met Peter, who is... I adore that man. He's one oh, of my yeah. good friends, and I cannot say enough good things about him. But the first time I ever met him, mm -hmm. I was on the Disney lot waiting for an early screening of The Muppets. Ooh. And he was walking by, and I just said hi, and he said, oh, my gosh, you're Ryan. And I said, yeah, <laughs> I'm Ryan, you're <laughs> Peter. And uh, it was crazy. And he said, I'm not kidding. For the past few months, I've just been reading your site just to know what was going on. And I just I couldn't believe it. That's awesome. I almost did a Walter pass out. <laughs> That's great. So when you were starting the Muppet Mindset, what were some of your influences and inspirations when you when you were creating it? And in what ways were you trying to make your website different from the other ones out there? That's a really good question. Influences came from everywhere. I mean, the Muppet Central main site mm -hmm. was, it, it used to be such a great location for new reviews and everything that was coming and happening. Yeah. And it sort of fell by the wayside, and that sort of, I guess, charged me to go forward with it. And then, of course, Tough Pigs is still my favorite place to go read about anything that happens with the Muppets. And they do such a great job, and mm -hmm. their, uh, oh, what was that series they used to do? It was called My Week, I think. And yeah. They would, they would just take a week and review something for a week, and I just... That was brilliant, and I loved reading those. And I think my biggest inspiration is probably the people that contributed because they wanted to write about it, and the content was good. Yeah. And it needed to go somewhere, and right. I wanted to put it up. And I guess to make it different, I wanted it to be fan-driven and written. Right. And I, wanted, I never wanted it to just be me and a few other people talking in a circle. I wanted it to be open to anyone. Yeah. And I wanted it to be social media friendly because that was just kind of kicking into gear in 2009. Mm -hmm. And yeah. really the only Muppet fan site on Twitter back then was that was actually doing stuff was Muppet Newsflash. 
Oh, yeah. I forgot about them. I know. It was great. That was one of my favorite places. And that was when it was kind of slowing down. And that was also something that made me say, well, somebody needs to do something. Right. Yeah. And so it was it was all just about wanting to bring more content to everybody. So with Muppet Fandom, I really am convinced that it is one of the greatest fandoms out there, if not the greatest. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing community. And in what ways have you seen the online Muppet fandom community change over time? Oh, that's a oh, that's a hard question. I mean, I've been neck deep in this community for almost 10 years. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It's it's just it's one of the best and the kindest and the smartest mm -hmm. and the most talented fan communities I've ever seen. We we might not be as we're definitely not as big no. or as influential as some, but what we can do as a community is just incredible to me all the time. Definitely. And I think the way I've seen it change, especially around when the the last Muppet movie, The Muppets, came out, it just it grew and it grew and it expanded from this little niche group of usually not kids but adults. Mm -hmm and teenagers talking about these characters to kids and other adults and other teenagers and people you'd never expect are talking about yeah. it and coming into it. And I think the testament to the Muppet fan community is that we accepted it completely with open arms. We were just ready for these people. Yeah. And I mean, the uptick in contributions and site visits and Twitter followers and everything that I got when the Muppets came out was just unbelievable right yeah and the, the amount of love that people have for these characters is i think what drives this great stuff that we can produce as a community and it's just really wonderful to me to know that i've had a small hand in that well you said reminded me of another question that i had because when you're managing a muppet fan site during a time when there's very little news there's not a lot going on i imagine it might be a bit difficult to find some some content to get out there so that you're consistently putting out new content oh man you have no idea and then <laughs> as soon as a muppet movie comes out then it's difficult to keep up because the muppets are mm -hmm. on five different tv stations every day yeah well <laughs> let me let me tell you when Let's see, about 2013-ish, about the second half of 2012 and the second half of 2013, or the first half of 2013, that like year-long period, there was nothing going on. <laughs> and when I started the site, another idea that I had, I don't know if I ever said it outright, was just daily updates. And I thought that would be something that no one else was doing, and it wasn't. But then I realized around that time how incredibly crazy that was, because there's just not... I mean, how many times can you review the Muppet movie? Yeah. Or how many people will be interested in reading a a post reviewing every episode of the Muppet show? Right. I mean, there there's plenty of content out there. It's just about the good content mm -hmm. and the content that I think people are interested in reading. And rarely will I turn away an article. Oh. But I mean, some of them just get too specific and too niche and I don't I don't think anyone would care. And I won't I won't say specifics, of course, but but then when a movie's coming out or a DVD's coming out and you've got to try and you have to be the promotional and I have to be the promotional engine for Disney, essentially, because they don't put Facebook updates about the Muppets are going to be on The View all day today. Right. Or whatever. And I, I don't know why they don't do that, because it seems very simple. But then 
there was that one week right before Muppets Most Wanted came out where Gonzo, Sam the Eagle, Ricky Gervais were all on Kimmel. Mm-hmm. And then Piggy was on Jimmy Fallon or something, and Kermit was somewhere else, and Gonzo was at the Indy 500, and what a- they were just all over the place. And keeping up is just, it's like running a marathon. Yeah. And it's about deciding, do you put it on Facebook? Do you put it on Twitter? Do you make a post about it? Do you do all three? Mm-hmm. And it's just trying to collect all that information is just overwhelming. And then the week when Muppets Most Wanted had its premiere in L.A., I was in L.A. for the press conference and stuff. And that week, a lot of news came out about TV appearances and stuff, and I wasn't paying any attention to be able to update it. So I would just retweet Tough Pigs or share their Facebook link and just say, please divert your attention to them. That's one way to do it, yeah. <laughs> You're telling me. Oh, and it I mean, but it's so rewarding all the time. Mm-hmm. And finding that little nugget of content in those valleys of nothing is very rewarding to me too. And being able to myself write articles right. in those times are also really it, it's just great to be able to always keep the Muppet spirit alive, even when nothing is going on. Right, yeah. I, now, I, it's generally not too difficult to figure out if Disney is doing something that important from what I've seen. But uh-huh. a lot of times when the Henson Company is, you know, putting out a new album or something, we go, oh, this came out six months ago and nobody knew about it. <laughs> yeah, like that Fraggle Rock. right. That abysmal Fraggle Rock cover album. Both of them. It, yeah. They put out two, and the same thing happened twice. We just didn't know until way later. I thought that was the funniest thing. I mean, a little sad that there was no promotion whatsoever. Right. But I think it's just hilarious that no one knew. Yeah, I think that also happened again when I think the Fraggle Rock theme was a part of some kind of dance video game. Oh, yeah. I think, so, I don't know what it is about the Jim Henson Company in particular, but, you know, they try. <laughs> Well, they don't have as big of a promotional engine, and and it's hard when... I mean, all they've got are the Fraggles and Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, but, you know. Do you find it difficult to juggle balancing the personal life and the life of just keeping up with the Muppet mindset? I, I used to, not so much anymore, because I've found a rhythm, and uh, it it's become much easier to edit posts and put and just put them up and write them real quick myself if I have to. News updates used to take me forever, and now I can knock one out in 20 minutes if I need to. And, uh, you know, it, it it was harder when I first started, for sure, because I, I had to make it good. I had to make it worth coming to. Right. And I don't know if I really sacrificed any personal life moments for that, but it definitely took up a lot more time than it does now. And not that it's not a constant presence in my head. So yeah, it it's just a it's a balance of finding time to write what you want. I don't have as much time as I used to to write the articles myself. I I usually just stick to news updates and bigger articles nowadays and let the contributors fill in the blanks, but I love writing like that uh we need more female muppets article I did. I I loved writing that and I'd really like to find time to do more of that. Have you ever thought of expanding into doing podcasting or more video or something like that well i'm not as great with that i'm best writing i think okay and i'm best running the thing 
rather than being in front of it. But I th- I think what I'd rather do is expand into other realms of fandom and over the Muppets. I have a spinoff site called the Mickey Mindset. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is all about Disney. And there's a lot that I could do and that I'd like to do if I can find the time. So the Muppet Mindset was involved in the first two Muppet Madness tournaments. Mm -hmm. What are the chances of this event making a comeback at some point over the next couple of years? Well, I'd say they're pretty good. Really? It fell apart when the Muppet cast ended and Steve went on to do his real life things, which no one can blame him for. But Joe Hennis and I from Tough Pigs, he was in L.A. with me in March and we talked about it and we talked about some other fun ideas we have for... uh, they're not really games. I guess they're kind of games. I don't know. But getting all the fans together in one thing and more Muppet Mindset, Tough Pigs, crossover stuff, we were really excited about. And, of course, the Muppet Madness Tournament is one thing we really want to do again. Yeah. But Steve was so good with managing the whole website and the, the polls and everything. Yeah. And we just were very out of our depth the year he left. So we're, we're very much trying to get it back off the ground. Cool, cool, yeah. Well, I mean, during March of 2014, with all the news that they're able to keep up with... (laughs) Yeah, that too. There's no time for a Muppet Madness tournament then. Although it would have been... A lot of people probably would have paid attention to it. Oh, yeah. But we just were so... We were gasping for air at that point. Now, I also have to ask, was there any collaboration intended when both Tough Pigs and the Muppet Mindset on April 1st turned into (laughs) websites devoted to Constantine? (laughs) Well, the only crossover there was was that I asked Joe what he was doing, and and we both said we were doing Constantine stuff. And I think our agreement was that I would write in Constantine's voice, and he would not. But then he got Matt Vogel to record something, so I hated him forever. (laughs) I I just, mostly I just said, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) So what other kinds of... Muppetational stuff would you like to see the Muppet fan community or the Muppet mindset specifically doing in the future? Um, well, I really, I'm a big, big supporter of fan art and mm-hmm. I just love fan art and I would really like to get more of that anywhere, just everywhere. I love seeing Muppet fan art and on Tumblr, they're doing a Muppet fan just drawing submission thing. Like each one, one fan could pick one Muppet and then you draw it and you submit it and uh, they're uh, collecting them all and making a big collaborative piece. Cool. And it the individual pieces that they've shown so far are just incredible. I wish I could remember the guy's name that's doing it, but I cannot. But I, yeah, I just love fan art, and I'd love to do more fan art showcases, and I'd love to see more from all the uber-talented Muppet fan artists, because there are so many. What else? I love doing interviews and they're hard to wrangle sometimes, but I've got some more coming down the pipeline that I'm very excited about. Awesome. I don't know. I just I just want to keep going. Well, speaking of interviews, I mean, you've had a lot of interviews, some in the form of articles, some are audio, some are video, with so many important people in the Muppet world and a lot of the Muppeteers. So how do you generally go about uh, arranging getting the different Muppeteers onto, the, well, wh- whichever platform you use to interview them? Well... When I first started out, I mean, my first big-time interview was Bill Beretta. How did that come about? I guess it was Facebook. I think I just sent him a Facebook message. <laughs> and he he could not have been more accommodating and wonderful. And all I did was just send him questions I wrote. 
and I probably sent him 40 questions. And of course he answered them all because it's just fantastic. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. One time, my, one of my favorite interviews I ever did was with Fran Brill. And I did that live with her when she was uh, hosting a Sesame Street screening in Chicago. Oh. I just sat down and recorded her for a little bit. Gosh, I've just interviewed so many people. I interviewed Peter Lenz and Walter over Skype. Uh, the Being Elmo people contacted me about interviewing Kevin Clash, and I did that over Skype and talked to Elmo, and that was just incredible. And I, oh, well, just in March, I interviewed Kermit and Constantine at the press conference for Muppets Most Wanted, and uh, th I love this story. They just took us, they took me into this little hotel room, and there was Matt Vogel sitting at this little table with Constantine on his arm. And they just said, sit down. And I tried to say hi to Matt. And he just said, hello, this is Constantine. <laughs> it was just, it was bizarre and wonderful. And then when I go to interview Kermit, they brought me to the hotel room before Steve had arrived. And they said, you'll have to wait here. And so I was waiting and Steve comes down with his Disney entourage person. And uh, Steve says, hey, Ryan, I was hoping you would be here. And uh the entourage guy was like, you'll have to wait here. Mr. Whitmire needs to go in his room. And Steve said, oh, no, no, he can come in. So I just went in there and talked to Steve until the other Disney person came and we could start the interview with Kermit. That's amazing. And it's it's just so rewarding just to know these people mm -hmm. at all. And the fact that they know me and they seem to like me and they've been nothing but supportive and friendly and the most wonderful people I could ever imagine is just, it floors me every time. And, oh, now I, uh, Jerry Nelson, I interviewed. Yeah. And that one, that one still just blows me away. He didn't want to answer it all at once. I sent him, I guess it was a four part interview. So that must have been at least 50 questions. <laughs> uh, presumptuous of me, I know. And uh, he didn't, he didn't want to answer them all at once. So he only wanted to do it in parts. And I said, of course. And that ended up just being this wonderful correspondence I would have with Jerry Nelson every few months when he'd send his answers. And it, it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's the interview that was quoted in Jim Henson, the biography. And I am not more proud of anything. Yeah, it's you picked a good fandom for this, you know, because it just so I, happens that everyone involved in the media that we are fans of happens to be really, really nice. I it's it is breathtaking to me never had a bad encounter i've never nothing involved with the muppets has ever been anything less than 100 percent incredible for me yeah and i i never in my wildest dreams would have expected this when i started and it's just been the most important part of my life now i'm going to ask the difficult and annoying question that I think it's a little bit mean for me to do this to someone who has willingly come on my show as a guest. <laughs> but oh boy, here we go. I gotta ask the 2011 Muppet movie or Muppets Most Wanted? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, both movies are endlessly special to me for very different reasons. I think as a Muppet movie, I prefer Muppets Most Wanted. As a movie, I think I prefer The Muppets. I think I would rather sit down and watch Muppets Most Wanted before I would rather sit down and watch The Muppets, but I don't know if that's just because I've already seen The Muppets dozens of times. Uh, I, I don't know. I love them both so very much. The Muppets has Walter 
and that the first sampling of Brett McKenzie Muppet music we get and just some really heartfelt, wonderful moments. But then Muppets Most Wanted is just so funny. Yep. And ridiculous and perfect. And Constantine is incredible. And the music is only better. And the cast is better. And I love Tina Fey and Ty Burrell and Ricky Gervais. I think Muppets Most Wanted I probably prefer. Yeah. So I'm, I am curious about why you would say that the 2011 Muppet movie is, in your opinion, better as a movie. I think it works... I think it works better for non-fans. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. I think Muppets Most Wanted is a fantastic movie, but I think for non-fans, watching the Muppets is easier than watching Muppets Most Wanted because in Muppets Most Wanted, you have Bobby Benson's baby band right. playing a major role, <laughs> and I, I don't know how people react to that. And I just love that. As a Muppet fan, Muppets Most Wanted just steps it up completely. And yeah. You get the pink, the little pink frog and the little green piggy. Uh huh. And we're doing a sequel is just flawless. Yeah, I think uh, the 2011 Muppet movie was a basically good introduction to the Muppets for people who were not fans before. Yes. But when it opens with Life's a Happy Song, that song is really, really cute. And I would imagine it's probably one of the main things that made Frank Oz say that the 2011 Muppet movie, was too cute. Yeah. And so because of that, I think that if I was to show, you know, someone I know from college who was not very familiar with the Muppets, the 2011 Muppet movie, then about five minutes in, they'd be going, okay, is this for five-year-olds? Right. That's, that's the one problem that I've got with the 2011 Muppet movie. Well, there's also the title. I have to refer to it as the 2011 Muppet movie. <laughs> So that, yeah. But then with Muppets Most Wanted, that one opens with a song that is perfect. Oh, yeah. That is just, it's, in my opinion, one of the, it's, I think it's the most Muppety song that the Muppets have done since before I was born. I agree. And I think I agree with all that, but I will say that I don't think Muppets Most Wanted is a very good title either. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's fair enough. And then the 2011 Muppet movie introduced Walter. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking with Peter Linz, he had mentioned that a lot of people had said to him that they think that Walter is based after them. Yeah. Uh, oh, because yeah. every Muppet fan relates to Walter. Exactly. And that's that's just a beautiful, hard thing to capture. And boy, did they do it. And Walter is just one of my favorite characters. And I adore him. And yeah. I, I consider him a personal friend. <laughs> So, the Muppets Most Wanted DVD came out the day that we're recording this. Today, right, it's, we're, recording today. This, we're recording <laughs> this on August 12th. So, your thoughts? I love it. I, the extended edition only improves everything they did. And, my goodness, getting all those songs complete is just a gift. And there's some wonderful jokes that I'm, I will always be upset were cut from the theatrical release. Uh, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay. It is okay. It is... I don't want to give anything away because okay. there's some stuff with Gonzo that's just delightful, and Beauregard has a lot more, which is a strange but wonderful. And it's just it's wonderful. the The rest of the bonus features are a little sparse, and they could have done a lot more. But that extended edition is exactly what we wanted to happen with the 2011 Muppet movie on Blu-ray, but didn't. Hmm. Now, I, I got to ask about this because I have not looked into what is on the DVD too much. I kind of wanted to surprise myself when I go out and buy that later today. Yes. But uh, 
I had heard from Peter Linz that there was a time when he had the Walter puppet and they were going around recording things behind the scenes. Is that? Well, okay. I, they did do that because when I was on set, they were doing that and it's not included on the release. I, I don't know what happened. Oh, really? So I, I know for sure that they filmed that because I saw it happening, but I, I don't know. Hmm. I think I actually heard that it might be on the UK Blu-ray. Ah. But then I heard that the UK Blu-ray doesn't have the extended cut. Uh-huh. It's a pick-and-choose sort of situation. So, now, coming up just later this month is the... Well, actually, I don't know when this when this is released. It might not be much later this month at all. But <laughs> Isn't that fun with podcasts? You never know. Yeah. So, I don't know what day it is. But coming up soon, you have the fifth anniversary of the Muppet Mindset. Is that right? Yes, the fifth anniversary. So, what are you guys doing over at the Muppet Mindset to celebrate the special occasion? Well, mostly I'm just trying not to pass out from five years of craziness. But I'm still working on what exactly we're doing. I, I am having an interview that I'm very excited about, and... It could be a really exciting interview, or it could just be an exciting interview. We'll see. Either way, yeah. there is some excitement guaranteed, folks. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're waiting to hear from Disney. That's all I'll say. Ooh. And then one of my favorite fan artists, Dave Hultine, is doing some really incredible work Great. to celebrate. What else are we doing? I'm probably going to do some sort of retrospective post about my favorite articles over five years, which could take forever. Me personally, what I'm doing for the fifth anniversary is moving to Los Angeles. It wasn't planned that way, but it's just sort of worked out that way. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Great, great. Any particular posts or articles, videos, anything that you've done over the last five years that really stands out to you as one of the greatest things that anyone who visits the Muppet Mindset should totally check out? Gosh, all the interviews. Just they're all good, and I'm so proud of every one of them. Uh, Weekly Muppet Wednesdays, of course, is a fan favorite, and I'm I'm proud of those too. There was an article I wrote a couple months ago about why we need more female Muppets that I'm really proud of. Yeah, gosh, I don't. There's like 2,500 posts. (laughs) I'm trying to think. There was this whole series of Muppet fan testimonials where people just submitted why they're Muppet fans. And I really like all of those. There's, I just keep thinking about the interviews. The Dave Goals interview is stellar. Gosh, I don't know. I love them all. (laughs) Well, not all of them, but. So what are some of your least favorites? No, I'm just kidding. I won't ask that. I won't ask (laughs) that. Everything I've written. (laughs) Everything I wrote in 2009. Ah, hey, I'm (laughs) the same way. All of my (laughs) earliest stuff, I say, don't listen to the first 12 episodes of the podcast. (laughs) Start around episode 13. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's what I tell people. I say, never go to 2009. Well, now I'm going to go to 2009. (laughs) So, thank you very much, Ryan, for being on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's it's just fun to talk about the Muppets. Yeah, great talking with you. Thank you so much, and maybe I'll have you on the show again sometime. So Anytime. Great. Thanks, and... Everybody listening to this, be sure to go and check out The Muppet Mindset and everything that they're doing for their great big 5th anniversary celebration. Woohoo! Yay! 
Alright, well now it's time to take care of all that housekeeping stuff and where you can find us online and on social media and all that. So, our website is MuppetHub.com. That's where you can find all the old episodes of 11 Point Collar, you can find videos, articles, all kinds of great stuff. You can also send me an email at jd11pc at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at jd11pc and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash jd11pc. That's jd11pc. Oh, yes, and I'm also on Tumblr at jd11pc.tumblr.com. That's about it for this time. I'm not doing closing clips in this episode or anything, but I do have a few bloopers and outtakes right after the closing theme. So, like we always say here on 11 Point Collar, waka waka, wubba wubba, and weeba weeba. Did it work? I think it did. Oh, great. All right, I think I think we're good. Can you hear me? Yep. Great. Um, I'm checking to see if you're coming through all right. Uh, can you talk about anything? Just say anything so I can see if the recording looks all right? Sure. I had a very good breakfast, and I bought a new T-shirt, and um, I, don't, I don't know. I, have, I haven't done much. I just woke up. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, alright. So, yeah, the recording looks good. Um, I have not done a recording on Skype in two years for uh, the podcast or anything. So, kind of had to reinvent the wheel and figure out how to set up the recording appropriately so that I didn't have to pay $30 for software that could do what I can do with the tools that I've got. So, uh, my mic is recording well, and your sound is coming through very well. So, thank you so much for doing this. Um, Oh, perfect. No problem. Yeah. I didn't... I don't know that I mentioned that much, but it's really, really great having you. And I've got my questions printed out, so whenever you want to jump right into the the interview, we can. Oh, you hit it whenever you're ready. I'm good to go. All right. I'll probably edit in a different introduction later, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. And it's just been the most important part of my life. I probably should have had something to say right after you finished, so it wasn't <laughs> awkward, but that's what editing is for. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out which of these questions I haven't asked yet. I should have been checking them off. <laughs> well, if you ask one that you've already asked, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Well, now I need to figure out a really, really good question to end on, and I think I already <laughs> used up a lot of the best questions that I had here. Um... Let me think. I just don't ask me for one defining moment because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> or you, or you could, and then make me struggle. No, I, I don't want to be that unkind. <laughs> Rats. I'm sorry. I should have had. Oh, that, no, it's fine. Well, I, I didn't really know how long it would take to go through the questions that I had. What did I have here? Nine. So. Yeah, we've we've breathed, breezed right through them. Yeah. I guess you could just ask. Let me think. You could ask. Uh, 
what it feels like to have five years under my belt. Oh, I have I not know. talked much about the anniversary at all. That's that's great. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, well, I've I with my website, I'm the only one that runs MuppetHub.com. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know how involved your staff is in helping you out with different um, things. The staff is for show, basically. Okay. They they write a lot, and that's great. But I do all the formatting and the posting and pretty much everything. Okay. I never understood. I never understood the British correspondent, who that is, and why <laughs> there's no face or name there. I can't talk about that. Okay. Never mind. I, Sorry. I don't really understand it either, but. <laughs> yeah. But then no, of course, then of course, the the bigger mystery is who performs Frog Fan '76. That I uh, have, we may never know. I will not lie to you. I have no idea. Yeah, I've tried to get him on the show before, but I think I tried to I either tried to interview him or get him to write an article, and he was he just wasn't having it. Yeah, he could do it in character, and I would be. Oh yeah. I want him to do it in character. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's one of the greatest characters out there because before Walter, he was the puppet embodiment of a Muppet fan, but just the annoying kind. Right, exactly. And he does it so well. So perfectly. It's amazing. What what we might have to do is watch all of his videos and look at his Muppet fan collection and see if there's an article on the Muppet mindset <laughs> of a Muppet fan collection that corresponds with it. I never thought to do that. Now I'll have to do it. Uh, yeah, I might give that a try because I'm <laughs> I'm just dying to know. And he doesn't. Frogfan76, the character, doesn't like Walter. Right. I think that's great. I want to hear <laughs> these two interact because mm -hmm. Walter's just the nicest guy ever, and Frogfan76 is so not. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah, Muppet fandom, great community of people. Oh yes, for the part. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, and everybody listening to this, be sure to go and check out The Muppet Mindset and everything that they're doing for their great big 5th anniversary celebration. Woohoo! Yay! And cut. We did it. Yay. But seriously, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm happy to do it. <laughs>